Having plenty of money buys you time. And when you have time, you can look around and see what's going on. If they keep saying yes, then I need to actually chase the no. And I chase the no by asking them for more money. Build your confidence by getting validation in the form of people saying yes. It's really essential to have that feedback from people. And nothing kills a deal like you not believing in yourself. People's ability to pay you isn't based on how much money they've got. Your biggest problem is your obscurity. No one knows you're there. And that ultimately is one of the biggest reasons why people don't make money. That's your answer in a nutshell. Welcome to another special episode of the Nomad Solopreneur Show. I'm your host, Gemma Rushka, and today I have the pleasure to invite Richard Moore, which is neither a nomad or a solopreneur. He's a business owner, an expert in understanding human behavior and converting them into paying customer through content. In this episode, Richard shares his business model and faces the importance of patience, consistency, and brand alignment to help drive conversions. He also delves into the mindset shift necessary for success, as well as strategies for using LinkedIn to become a top leader, engage with others, and create opportunities through content. Richard shares some valuable insights into buyer's journey and the need for business to focus on customer acquisition rather than solely building their brand. Finally, we conclude with a challenge for you, our listeners, to engage with people who view your profile even if it doesn't lead anywhere immediately. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Join us in this fantastic conversation at the Nomad Solopreneur Show. Before you jump in, make sure to subscribe to the free three newsletter at gabe.li slash newsletter. If you like this podcast, you love the newsletter. Without further ado, let's jump into it. Hey, Richard. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Gabe. Please let us know who's Richard Moore. So I'm a multitude of people, it seems. I've done a number of things. And uh, the person I am right now is doing my best to help people specifically with conversion. And what that looks like is attracting people through content, mostly on LinkedIn, and helping them understand the behavior of buyers. So we understand how to get people to want to step forward, and then convert to paid customers. And I've done a lot of things in the past, but the short version is that after leaving university, I worked for 10 years in the city in London, always in sales roles, moving up through team management, head of sales director. And even back in my first job in 2003, I was selling internet marketing. So I've come a long way, always really with virtual things. 2007 was virtual conferences. I was in a recruitment house in 2010. So we were using LinkedIn back then. But then when I built my own business 10 years ago, when I left the city, I started really helping people with the closing part. And I noticed that online, this was on Facebook, there was just so many people building content, but no one was making any money. And they're hoping that people would step forward, but that's not how it works. So I was really helping them with understanding the mechanics all the way through to then Instagram in 2016. And then I started doing it with LinkedIn in early 2018. So this is at time of recording. This is our fifth, my fifth year now of doing this with LinkedIn. And it's just really nice to be able to help people with 
in my opinion, the thing that they actually want, which is to convert from their content online. I'm, I do a number of other things as well, but that's the main thing. And I just, I'm thrilled to be able to share more with you today. So thank you. Thanks so much for introducing yourself. Of course, I know quite a bit about yourself by digesting your content almost daily and yeah, connecting with you in, on LinkedIn, I think since last year, at the end of last year. And yes. yeah, one of the reasons that I wanted to come into this podcast is that conversion, because I am all about that, but on the other side, on website conversions and uh, having someone that is actually leveraging social media in specific LinkedIn to actually help that traffic convert because just having likes, followers and so on is nothing if you don't convert them. And uh, how do you go about it? Yeah. So the f basics are essential to begin with. And the basics begin for anyone listening. The basics start with you having clarity on a number of things. And the two most important ones are who is it I'm going to try and help? And not just business owners or professionals. It needs to be really super specific. So what I call a hyper niche, like really focused set of people. And the other thing you need clarity on is what is it you're going to give them? So what's the offering? And importantly, what's the outcome for them? So what do they get? So when you know who you're targeting and with what product, you're in a far better place to be able to speak about the thing it is you do. And the model is really simple. It follows the process of attention, traffic, conversion. So attention is content. My business model is really simple. I attract people through content. Traffic is them looking at them, the profile or then coming directly to me or going to my website. And then in turn, there's conversion, which is me knowing what things to say to people in different scenarios. Maybe they look at my profile or they vote in a poll or they go onto my website. And it's as you know, we need to understand the journey of that customer. If you're looking at websites, for instance, we need to know that when they land on that website, there's continuity from what they've seen in their content, the vibe and the ideas and the beliefs that you've been sharing there. And it needs to help them feel like you're still that same person and it makes sense to connect with you. And on top of that, what I've worked really hard to do is be patient, but also be very consistent with the brand I'm building, which is a very direct, focused, single-minded person focusing on helping people with conversion. And I beat that single drum all the time. So I don't go off and deviate. And if I find a cute picture of a cat online, I won't post that. I stay in lane. I'm not doing things differently all the time. I'm, I'm for five years of just stayed in lane. And it's just been brilliant because no one can compete with being that consistent. I'm not consistent for weeks and months. I'm consistent for years. And what happens is over time, people trust you because they're familiar with you. And that's the basis of any deal. And the conversion and warming happens often over time for people. So when you trust that the process of good content, showing people and positioning people to believe that you're their expert will warm them, then it does follow that you have plenty of shots at goal, as I call it, where you can then interact with them and bring them into a deal. But it all starts with that clarity because otherwise I'm not being clear and they don't know I'm speaking to specifically them. So in a nutshell, that's how I do it. There's lots of other little things we can do too, but that's the simplest approach. And I also believe, most importantly, it's the most 
fulfilling approach. So I don't send dozens of cold messages every day. Instead, I warn people and let them step forward at their pace. And when the top of your funnel is built in this way with content first, you get thousands of people looking and deciding you're either interesting or not interesting and filtering down to those conversations. So it does work with the economies of scale that are possible through LinkedIn because it's such a generous algorithm, as you know. Yes, indeed. And happy that you mentioned content first, because it's the only evergreen solution to drive traffic and leads constantly without pitching or sending a bunch of cold emails that no one asked for. And what are the chances for someone to buy if they don't trust you first? Just spam them. I want to comment on that because my world, when I was in corporate, was cold calling. So I know exactly what that's like. I've done 10 years of cold calling in the past. And the reality is, you're right, no one asked for you to call. And usually you're interrupting them. And truly, if you cold call someone, they think you're going to be wasting their time and just out for their money, which of course you are. And so it plays to a narrative that's very negative for them. So my point is, when you cold call or reach out cold, you are triggering a conditioned response in the brain of the person receiving it, which is, oh, someone's reaching out cold, so probably they're going to waste my time or they're going to try and sell me something. Now, I'm going to be really clear, cold calling works. It's not that it doesn't work, but it's very hard and it's almost never the case that someone does it well. If you can do it well, you're fine. I made a whole career out of it. I was really good at it and I build millions over 10 years in different companies in the city by cold calling, meeting people, showing up at events, calling on the phone. But it's slightly a lottery approach because you're hoping that you find that person that is in that state today where they happen to need that thing. And that's like trying to get rich by winning the lottery. You can keep buying tickets and eventually you might win, but that's not a very good business model when there's a world of attraction instead. So I think we're certainly aligned with that, aren't we? Yeah, for certain. And one thing about me, I actually worked in sales before becoming a web designer. And one of the surprises for me was pitching someone called arriving at the destination to met face to face. And they're like, we actually book a meeting, like, because I supposed to go to their home. It was a weird type of situation. So yeah, cold calling, it's definitely, I agree with that. It's a lottery and doesn't work all the time. And when it works, it's just pure luck almost. The greatest salespeople I've been lucky enough to work with, even they find it incredibly hard and it is a volume game. I just don't find it fulfilling in the long run. And I don't think the buyers do either. But you touched on a really important point, which is that it's harder to build trust. And when you have trust to begin with, the deals are far easier to come. And that's why we're on the call today, because content makes all the difference. Indeed. And speaking of content, what made you start the LinkedIn game so early comparing with us, for example, myself, like I just started seriously at the end of last year and others even later or such you five years, six years already. Yeah. It's a really interesting one. I think, I think I'm fortunate that because, you know, a lot of people have different skill sets, Gabe. So you have some people who are good at design, 
Some people are good at understanding brand or marketing, whatever. My thing is that I'm just good at closing and selling and understanding bias, emotion and things like that. I was able to start my business and make money from Facebook and from Instagram and so on. Having enough money to live and not scraping around for the next dollar, like having plenty to, of money buys you time. And when you have time, you can look around and see what's going on. I could look up from my desk and I could notice the world around me. And I built a world where I was doing really well and I was able to teach myself and read books and go on courses and just see what was going on in the world. And I think giving myself that gift of time allowed me to look around. But I remember in 2017, when I was really never using LinkedIn at all, but I just kind of looked over there and I noticed, I remember because I post, I mentioned this on a live call I did in on Facebook. I remember saying something's going on over at LinkedIn. And when it was in the summer, in August 2017, LinkedIn flicked the switch on video and allowed people to start posting video. So it was no longer just status updates, which is what they had. There was now video as well. So it started getting a bit more interesting. And I just kind of kept my eye on it. And I was thinking there was this tiny little group of people who are starting to do video. And, you know, we think that LinkedIn now has not many people do content, but there's a decent number. But like back then it was such a tiny number. And so I was like, I have to do this because I've done okay with Facebook and Instagram, but the it's laughable that if you want to work in business to business, you're not using LinkedIn. So like, it's madness. I was like, now this looks like an opportunity. Of course, every customer you'll ever work with is on LinkedIn. So it made sense to jump in. And so, yeah, January 2018, I just started posting. And I, honestly, it was rubbish while I was writing, probably. But I was still thinking, I, I just need to, I need to crack this. And I think I was doing mostly text-only posts. Then I started adding some videos. And I remember three months in, I was just like, this is blowing away anything I've ever done on Facebook and Instagram. I started and I planned within three months to release a course called The Basics of LinkedIn, which is still running today. And um, it was a case of three months in, what have I learned and what have I built? And the opportunities were unbelievable. And so I just started leaning into it more and more. But I noticed it early because I had that space. And I think that if people can create space for themselves to see what's going on, they can work on their business more rather than be in the weeds all the time. So it probably comes from that, if I'm honest. Yeah, definitely. And love that you touched that on since if you always search the new project, the new client and run after next paying gig, you don't have that luxury. And how do you advise someone that it's probably trading time for money currently on freelancing platforms to go about it? Because they don't have that luxury. A really good technique is if you feel like you're running for every new deal, or especially if you're freelance or something like that as well, like you're constantly trying to get the next deal. The thing you got to ask yourself is if I can keep getting people saying yes, if they keep saying yes, even though the price is low, if they keep saying yes, then I need to actually chase the no. And I chase the no by asking them for more money. So what I did was every time I got a deal, I would put the price up. And they put the price up again and again and again and keep going because every time someone said yes, that means that someone would buy at that price. So why not add a bit more? And by doing that, it meant I could have fewer clients and be paid more for it. And I just think that's the healthy way. What I see so many people doing is chasing a volume of customers 
rather than increasing their price. And almost everyone, and I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people over the years, almost everyone undercharges for what they do. And it's all up here. So what you need to do is coach yourself that it's okay to charge more. And that's what can give you the time. But you know, there's a load of other things as well. I mean, I think if I, when I help people with auditing how they run their day and how they run kind of their routine and so on, what tends to happen is there's a lack of discipline. And I think discipline is a massive habit to be working on. And I think one of the things that really has served me well is being really disciplined and focused, especially in the morning. So I have a saying, which is win the morning. It's actually not mine. It's David Goggins who came up with that. Winning the morning is this idea of making sure you get out of bed in the morning and you focus on the things that matter to get the ball rolling and so that you're ahead. And doing that, being disciplined, organizing your day. And, you know, you these are ways in which you can carve out more time. Because when you give yourself space to think and space to be able to take a breath and think about, like, have a look at where you are. It's amazing how you can be more creative. You can see higher and you get better ideas of what's possible for the business. I just think it's not done enough. Too many people work on in the little, in the weeds. They're focusing on just the thing in front of them. And they're not thinking, how can I make the day more effective? Um, it's It was an interesting journey for me going through that, but it really helped a lot. So there's some tips there. I hope that helps. Yeah, definitely. And you're, touch exactly on the things that I want the personally to hear, especially raising those prices, because as you mentioned, it's just a mentality shift that you have to make and just try until you find a barrier. And even above that, it's a possibility if you target different type of customers, because that's yeah. the thing, like there is someone out there that wants to buy from you at a higher price, but you probably don't target the right audience. Yeah. And targeting the right audience can be improved by the way you come across. You know, and, and so your confidence, your positioning, looking premium, you know, like today's carousel, I spend a lot of money on a team who's epic at designing. And that carousel has gone out on LinkedIn and it's just been a rocket because it looks premium. And I need all of my content to look premium. And if you want people who are willing to spend thousands of dollars every month with you, well, then you need to look the part. This is just good selling. Typically, the reason why someone doesn't trust or believe you enough to want to give you lots of money. And, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you find you're the, getting the kind of people who are a bit like, oh, I can't really afford much. And, they, you know, they're scratching around for any money to spend on you or they're a bit unsure. Those people with that kind of mindset come about because of what you're putting out there. The same people are always there when you look great. They just don't step forward. But when you look great, when you look premium, when you come across as an expert in your space, truly, then the people with more money to spend and the keenness to help themselves fix their problem, who were there before, are then going to step forward. So it's really interesting that you're being seen by all the different types of people and you tend to get people stepping forward who represent who you are and your beliefs. So if you have a poor mindset about money, it's weird I never believed this stuff, Gabe, but it really is weird. You do tend to find that you attract people with similar mindset. You know, for coaches, for example, a really good saying is you should be the student that you want to attract. So if you want people to invest $10,000 a month in you, well, you need to be of the mindset that you should be investing in yourself as well and doing all the things. And so 
that's easy to say, but I know a lot of people will listen to this saying, but like, I don't believe. And it's really hard to just decide to believe suddenly in myself. And I hear you. And what's important is you build it step by step, which is why I said, for example, you don't just suddenly charge loads more. I'm sure many people who are charging $1,000 a month would love to be paid $8,000 a month. And you don't just make that jump. If you're not got the confidence, you do it bit by bit. So $1,000, sell, get someone to buy at that price, then go to 1500. And then maybe you need to go to two. And everyone's different, but that's often a better approach for someone who's a little unsure. Build your confidence by getting validation in the form of people saying yes. It's really essential to have that feedback from people. And the more deals you get and the more yeses you get, then more you get deal confidence and you're feeling more, you know, inclined to charge a little higher each time. It really is important to work on yourself to get yourself to that space. I love that confidence part. I was struggling with this a lot at the beginning. I was in that mindset. I grew up in a culture that crucificate those that are making a lot of money, telling them that they make it illegally and stuff like that, which of course is not true. And yeah, coming from that mindset and trying to charge others a lot of money in my mind, but I didn't realize the amount of value I provide and how much money I make them uh, with that service. So coming from that and learning that confidence is huge, that changed everything when I started to get that. And I was getting it from small things, like not only from a new increasing price, but also from a great testimonial, a great case study or something. So there are many ways to get that confidence. Do you have any ways you? That's huge in content. And what that's one of the best reasons to be consistent with content each day, because we should be able to cheerlead ourselves, right? We need to be our own hero. That matters. And you should cheerlead yourself all the time. It's really important because if you don't believe in yourself, then no one else is going to. But what you're saying here is crucial. When you get every day people sending you messages or writing comments saying, I love your content. I think it's so inspiring. Great post again, Richard. You know, that is a little extra brick built in like building that mountain of validation that you know what you are really good at what you do and it's so important to be consistent because i see it all the time people who don't post that much and who don't interact with other people much they sit in their own little room and they've got this echo chamber of their own thoughts and they start talking themselves down and I genuinely believe in the practice of I cheerlead myself for anything. So I live in a little reality bubble of my own. And I and so if something goes well, well done. That's brilliant. Good stuff. And people might think it's ridiculous, but it means I exist in a state of feeling like I'm winning. And nothing kills a deal like you not believing in yourself. Your product can be amazing. But if you don't believe in yourself, then people aren't going to want to be interested. And that kills it so many times when you're lacking that confidence. But that's why you can charge very little begin to begin with, because you'd be like, you'd almost be resenting charging such a small amount. So your confidence would be crazy. You'd be like, well, obviously you should buy it now. I mean, this price is brilliant. And the strength and the boldness you'd have. That's what gets you that first deal. Then go higher and go higher. I just think that it's so important to work on ourselves. 
but I wanted to share. I was the same. I grew up with no money at all. My, my upbringing hat was like very difficult. There was no money there. And so I was always of the mindset that, you know, success and lots of money and things like that happens to other people. And it took me a very long time to really understand that people's ability to pay you isn't based on how much money they've got. Obviously, within reason, if you want a Ferrari and you have no money, then you can't buy a Ferrari. But you'd be stunned how much money people have got if they really have to find it. So there's so many examples of this. But one I use a lot is people with no money, like really struggling, still find a way to buy the latest iPhone, which is like a thousand dollars. Right. And if you have to find money, you do. And so it's not just big businesses who can afford thousands of dollars a month. It's, in fact, rarely the case that it's just big businesses. Technically, they have the money, but they're not going to give it to you unless they believe in you. And so you're really selling not your product, but the feeling that you've got this. That's what people are really selling. And the reason why I make sales and regularly and people pay an amount I want them to pay is because I show them this feeling of I've got this. Like, I just know what I'm doing. And that is incredibly important because people need to feel like when they give you that precious thing, that money, that they're, all their problems are going to go away, or at least the problem you're solving for them. And that people must give themselves permission to be bold because for the one thing that you do, so for instance, for you, it might be building amazing websites. For someone else listening, it might be design work or whatever it might be. For the one thing you do really well, you're the expert, not them. So you're the one who really should believe that you're the one who can actually help them fix something. It really matters. And it's just sad and upsetting for me when I see people with all this talent who don't believe and they don't make money because they don't believe, but they work on their product because they think that will help, but it doesn't. They have to work on themselves because they are the product, really. What they actually are selling is the device that helps them get the money, but they are the product, typically in 2023, aren't they? Exactly. And speaking of you're the product, you're the perfect example. Like your personal brand drives these sales, the trust that you build and such. And yeah, talking about confidence and those that are really good at their craft and they simply don't know how to build that. One of the reasons might be that they don't understand the fact that what they are able to build, let's say a website, it's the closest example to myself. They're able to build a website in one day or one week. And since for them it's so simple, they don't see the value in that. They don't see the fact that simple website or that landing page can bring millions for their customer. I want to challenge you to build something step-by-step for our listeners. I want to be super specific, like the one that we discussed at the beginning, freelancers that are actually struggling to increase their prices, increase their confidence and actually convert, maybe start creating content on LinkedIn, for example, and to create a step-by-step process for them to go through these stages and actually start converting that traffic or building their confidence and such? I love the challenge. This is a really good question. 
And I think what's important as a start point is to understand exactly what you've said there is that the problem isn't that you don't have the talent. You probably do. Your biggest problem at this stage, if this is the challenge, your biggest problem is your obscurity. No one knows you're there. When everyone knows you're there, you can't miss. You cannot miss. You can sell anything when everyone knows you're there. A really good example, you've probably heard of Prime, this drink that I think, is it Logan Paul or Jake Paul? I can't remember which one has released with KSI. Perfect example. It's just an energy drink. Outrageously priced because they have so many followers. Of course, people will buy it. And they buy it because it's a product by them. It's just an energy drink. That's all. And it's it's grotesque, but it's a perfect example of what's possible. But the opposite is what is in the case in this scenario. You've got a great product, but your issue is no one knows you. So job one is you go where it is free to speak to people. And that is if it's B2B, which in this scenario is, then LinkedIn is your best place. Facebook is not the best place for B2B. It is LinkedIn. And so what you need to say to yourself is let's look at first basic truths. Basic truths are as follows. Anyone I could ever sell to is on LinkedIn. All the people who can give me lots of money are on LinkedIn. I think it's something like 41% of all millionaires are on that platform. So the question of if the right people are there is is no question. There's more of them coming every day and they're going to spend time on the site. So it's your job to attract them and make them want to step forward Job one is to start talking. What you cannot do is wait until you've worked out exactly what it is you want to say because you're sitting on the sidelines whilst you're doing that. Just start. You have to jump and just start. Also, these are just important rules to begin with. You also need to give yourself permission to fail. You're going to be rubbish to start with. No problem. But it doesn't matter because no one will see the stuff that you're putting out to begin with anyway, or you might get only a few people. But the key here is in the content you're sharing, you should commit to say 90 days of building the habit of posting every day. Post something, you don't have to, if you miss a day here or there, it just doesn't matter. But try and be consistent. And then what you need to say to yourself is, I must not be a mouthpiece for other people's ideas. So stop sharing other people's content because it kind of speaks about the stuff you do. If you see an interesting article in a newspaper, don't share that because that's just you adding to the conversation. Instead, the content play should be that you are the thought leader. You're the expert and your job for the audience is to be their expert. Not an expert, but their expert, the one they choose. So your posts each day should speak to the problems that they have, or even better, if you can, the symptoms of the problems they have. Because most people or many people don't realize they have a problem or they don't exactly know what it is. So ask yourself, what are they going through? What are they thinking? What are the thoughts and feelings they have? And then job one in the content, in the writing itself, is to show them you have that awareness. 
So your post should be saying, hey, I know this problem you've got. I'm aware of it. You know how you're thinking this? I've got you. I understand that. And then you need to show that you know how to fix that. Here's a thing you didn't know. So these kind of how-to posts are good to have. But another style of content you should also be posting, this is just consistency, and I'll talk about how to get the audience in a second. But what I would also be doing is sharing posts that invite people to look at the problem differently. So what we need to do is what I call a reframe post. So I try a lot of the time to write content that says, you know how you think this. The reason why it's maybe not working is you've not considered this over here. So I'm showing people the thing that they think is the right way and I'm evolving it or giving them a revision and saying, you know what, if you did it this way, here's why it can work. And what that does is it separates me from everyone else that's in the same space. So as an example, for me, I will often say, effectively, I say, you know how everyone talks about engagement and reach and followers and the algorithm and always trying to get more reach and profile views and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Notice how you're not making any money. It's because it's easy to show you how to get engagement. But then what? You're still broke. I'm the guy that helps with the next bit, that conversion bit. And so what it ha what happens is I, it attracts people because I'm showing them I'm aware of what the symptoms are of their problem. And so I get people stepping forward who are frustrated. So they want to fix the issue. And they're saying things like, I'm fed up of all the courses on how to do LinkedIn, on how to get more followers, on how to get more audience and how to get more engagement and still not making any money. And so I'm like, I know. And here's so here, let me help you with the bit you need. So I'm showing them I've got awareness I'm show of the problem. And then I'm showing them there's another way to do it. And that's essential. But what I also need to be doing is getting my audience to, because it doesn't happen right away. So as well as posting content like that, I need to be going out to other people's content. So I might type keywords in the search bar and find posts about similar things and show up there too. Or I'd be going to events really good play here. Go to events on LinkedIn about the thing that you help people with. So imagine there was an event on, you know, a freelancers event for website building. There will be, there's loads of events all the time. I, if I attend that event, I can see who's attending. Why wouldn't you be connecting with those people who have decided, do you know what? I need to go to this event and see, you know, what I can do to fix the problem I've got. So look for events and groups and places where there are a group of people who share that problem and connect with them. You don't have to sell them. This is the best part. When you connect with them, send them a note and say, hey, I saw that you're attending that event. I'm going to be nice to meet you. How are things? Just human and natural. And the moment they respond back, hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm going to looking forward to learning a bit more. You might take it further if you choose, because look, we've just started a great conversation specifically focused on the problem they've got. But even if nothing else goes on after that, guess whose content LinkedIn's now going to send them? Because we had this back and forth, they're now going to see your next post in their newsfeed. So doing this, what's called top of funnel work, 
inviting people in, making them feel comfortable. It starts warming them. And here's the best part. Most people never bother engaging with a new connection. Most new connections are that relevant, add connection or send connection request, and that's it. And then the other person accepts and that's it, done. Nothing else happens. That's the majority of connection requests on LinkedIn. So when you bother to write them a message saying, hey, by the way, I'm a human. I'd love to say hello. I see you got the same, you know, we live in the same place. We do the same thing. You're working on this. You're going to this event. You've got something to talk about, some commonality. All of a sudden, it lights them up as a human and they start responding back. And I love how algorithmically you're now sending them the content. That's the play. There's no downloadable proposal. There's no forms. It's especially with higher ticket selling, it's about the individuals. So every time you're getting more and more people checking out that content, you need to look at your profile views because they will be then checking you out as well. They'll be thinking, wow, that was an amazing piece of content. Who is this Gabe guy? They click on your link and now they're on your profile. So what do you need to show them? No one cares what your job title is. So when you write director or founder or head of whatever, no one cares. What they really care about is can they fix, can you fix their problem? So change your title from director or whatever, or freelancer to the problem that you solve for them. So instead of saying founder or chairman on my profile, it says, I help consultants get clients on LinkedIn. That's my title because that's the bit they want to hear. And now from content, they've gone to the profile. That's traffic from from attention to traffic. And if I see someone look at my profile, hey, thank you so much for looking at my profile. I send them the message. You know, did anything catch your eye? Some of them will respond. Yeah, I'm actually looking at whether or not you might be able to help me. Say some of them. And if they don't, no problem. Because what happens next is even if it doesn't go anywhere, they see the next bit of content. Because some people take more time. And some people then just need to keep seeing the content. So it doesn't have to be difficult. In fact, it's incredibly simple. Go get your audience. Give them interesting content engage with them so that they see the content. And when they do something like comment, view your profile, vote in your poll, share your post, you get in touch and say, thanks. I really appreciate that. How are you? So in 2018, just to finish this, in 2018, when I first started on LinkedIn, if someone dared to blink in my direction, I would send them a message and say, thank you so much. How are you? Nice to meet you. If they liked my post, hey, I really appreciate that. really means a lot. How are you? Just start lots of conversations. And the thing is, everyone's cool with it when you say, I saw you looked at my profile. Thank you. They're not cool with it when they have no idea who you are and they've never seen your content and they didn't look at your profile and you send them a message saying, hey, I have a thing. Can I sell you? So the rest is there's a lot of nuance, but the rest from there is moving them to really establishing what the issue is, asking what they've tried, and then getting out of the DMs. You want to get them on a call and now it's the close. You need to show them that that self-worth and that belief that you've got this, like I said earlier. And that's where the deals happen. Content, DMs, call and close. 
nothing else. It can be that simple. So that's your answer in a nutshell. But that's powerful because once you move them from DM to actually, even that it's an online call, but it's still face-to-face, it's still you speak directly with someone and you can bond and you can build a real connection. And one thing also I love about this type of approach, it doesn't have to be like, I don't know, your ideal customers or probably it's just a connection that you make that can be an opportunity for the future. Maybe they know your ideal customer or maybe they turn into a partner or whatever, but you need to create opportunities. You do not wait on the side, not creating content, not engaging, not actually taking that step to be human and ask something. Without that, you literally are set up yourself for a failure. I want to ask you something regarding your approach, because I know that you don't rely a lot on your website and how that can actually improve and if you want to put it into play in order to be able to convert more or to build more trust or charge more comparing to the approach of direct messaging and link to that, how much time you actually spend in your business comparing to building it, growing it and so on? Yeah, some really good questions there. So the thing, the context for the listeners is I sell how to attract people through content and close them from there. So if I relied on my website instead of my content, then it wouldn't be ideal for the thing I'm teaching. So people respect someone who actually does the thing that they're teaching rather than just read the book. And so because I've sold for 20 years, that helps. But the most important part is that I sell the way that I teach how I sell. Do you see what I mean? So I'm most people, for example, joining my accelerator, they're joining to learn how they were sold, which is content DMs call. However, I'm at a point where I have really good traffic to my profile. And up until about a month ago, I had a trash website with all respect to the guy who built it. But that website was six years old. And I'm not interested in seeing it. I didn't really want people going to it because it was awful. But the new website now is much more designed for as a landing page. Because the thing is, I'm not selling how to sell through your website. I'm selling how to sell through your content. Still, I need to recognize that some buyers want more time. But more importantly, some buyers want more touch points with you. Content for them isn't enough. And some people want to indulge a bit and learn a bit more and get the background on you. So that's why a website makes sense. And the fact is, again, attention in the form of content drives tens of thousands of views every week at my profile. So it's madness to not send that traffic somewhere. Of course, some people will send me a DM, but it makes sense as well to send them to the website. The nice thing is that feature, that the new feature on LinkedIn, newish of having the URL, the web link by your name right at the top, it's just so powerful. So having that on, I've tested it with different things and it's really handy. So the answer is I am doing it, but I don't lean on it too much because I teach how to do it through content. So every day now I get asked, people asking through my form on my website, hey, could I learn a bit more? And again, for these people listening, it's crucial you understand the attention is there. That's the easy bit, relatively. And that's what most people get right, which is getting people to look at content. But then you need to do something with the traffic. And most people's traffic hits a brick wall. They go to the profile and the profile's not kind of 
in tune with the content and with the vibe and the values of the person who put the content out. And of course, then the profile is like, it's not really helping them go to the next step. But if, but I understand fully that there's people who look at content, then the profile, then they click on that link to learn more, you know, and go onto the website. And so as a result, that can be a form of conversion as well. But I think, you know, it's way more straightforward to do content DMs call and close because that kills one of the steps and additional steps are always dangerous. So I obviously respect your profession, but I never lent on a website and I didn't have a website for probably four years. So I made six figures without a website because content DMs call was what I need to do. And as you said earlier, when you're on a call, you've got this superpower of the connection and the personality and so on. But when you're starting to get traffic, sure, do something with it. It makes sense to have a website too. And it makes sense that your website isn't, here is all about me. It should be, here's all about the problem that you have and I can fix. That's essential. So it's that landing page is crucial. But that's your space, Gabe, not mine so much. Yeah, but what I love about your approach is that it's actually working for websites as well. For example, blogs are still working and there are a lot of people that drives a lot of traffic to blogs, for example, and sharing like the same value that you can provide in a LinkedIn post, but specifically to a blog post. And you can convert them from there as well. Similar approach, a chat bot that can ideally human that is behind it and so on. But the thing that I love about websites and not because it's my profession, but the fact that you can actually control things. For example, if LinkedIn go bust, of course, it highly unlikely. But if something happens and the traffic drops significantly and so on, probably another platform will appear. But the fact that you can actually control, for example, a newsletter list or somewhere where you can actually have control, not only on algorithm, is the fact that I love about websites. But yeah, totally agree with you that not every business needs a website, not every method. It's great for driving through and many touch points can definitely break the sale. If I interrupt on that point, people need to remember that no website will ever sell better than you could one-on-one with that person. It's so essential. And if you're trying to cut yourself out of the equation, then you're in trouble unless you're doing incredibly low ticket products. So if I have a hundred dollar product or even a thousand dollar product, I really shouldn't be getting a phone call to do that. That should be an automated process. And that's where a website can really win. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I just think, you know, just consider the journey that they're on. And probably you speaking to that person directly is a better approach. So don't let fear be a reason why you try and help hope they go through the website rather than onto you. But yeah, it is so essential to to consider all things. And I mean, it's great having that channel too. And I love these ideas of the chatbots. The latest one I've seen that I'd like to build too is one where it's video instead. So you select the option you want and it takes you to the next video clip of me saying the answer. So it's a video of me on the website, but it's not a whole video. It goes in different directions based on whatever answer, whatever question they're asking. It's a really clever idea. Yeah, I know. I use it on the website. It's called Video Ask. The app for those listening that want to try. And it's, yeah, it's very smart. I think the guys at Typeform build it. Speaking of diversifying a bit the traffic and trying to not rely on a, a single source of traffic, do you have 
any other platforms you're active on a part of LinkedIn and if you have a similar strategy on when it comes to closing them or... I'm really glad you said that because I, I escaped me. I wanted to share. I really strongly advise as well as LinkedIn that you have an email list like you've suggested. And the thing about LinkedIn is I doubt it will go bust, but what could happen, look at Facebook, that's not gone bust, but it's out of favor. No one goes on Facebook now and certainly not to do this. And if you're simply doing it the hard way, if you're, if you're on Instagram selling business to business services, you are doing it the harder way than if you're on LinkedIn. All right. It's as simple as that. And now it can work. Of course it can. If you, anything will work if you do it well. And the answer is no, I'm not on any others now. I was, I had people in the team who were focused on micro content, building all the videos for TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. One person probably could do one platform well, maybe two, but you're probably not going to be able to do them all really well. And if you are doing them all, you're probably not doing work in other things because you're grinding these platforms all day long. And if you have a team doing it for you, well, that's a different, that's a different point. But here's the thing. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to be huge on TikTok. I know I could make more money there, but I don't care enough to go and spend hours there as well. Because I'm in my 40s now. I have children and I don't want to work all day long trying to make all these platforms work. But I also have an email newsletter because if LinkedIn ever loses favor and becomes a little less interesting to people, that won't be too much of a problem and not for some time. Well, then I've got my email newsletter. You know, I think it's interesting that we always feel we should be everywhere because it's so easy to hear all the success stories from Instagram or YouTube or TikTok. But it doesn't mean you have to do one really well rather than doing a bunch of rubbish or average, because if you don't spend enough time on one, you're going to be working too much on the content and not enough on the deals. And that ultimately is one of the biggest reasons why people don't make money is they're focusing so much on brand and content and not enough on speaking to individuals each day to focus on customer acquisition. And the reason for a business existing is customer acquisition, not building its own brand. That's not the primary reason. The primary reason is getting new customers of a great service that comes close, but after getting new customers, building a great brand. Sure. So important. But after getting new customers, it has to be in your head every day, at least once, ideally first thing, where is my next customer coming from? That doesn't mean you're only interested in money, but it means you've got your priorities right because money is oxygen for a business, unless it's a different type of business. But the, like 99.9% .9 of businesses need new customers and cash. So you should every day ask yourself, where's my next customer coming from? So that's just my advice as an ex-sales director is never get comfortable because right now everything might be fine. You might have a big anchor client paying you lots of money, but they might be having a conversation you don't know about where they're about to stop working with you. You never know. So always, where's the next one coming from? Okay, so it really is essential to cover that. Yeah, that's my, I wanted to make that point heavy because a lot of people 
gets they get sucked in don't they to focusing on content and nothing else and writing comments for hours on end and you just don't need to you should be focusing on individuals yeah guilty of that as well and i try as well to be on every platform and try hiring vas and so on to help but really doesn't work that way because if you're not hands on there and speaking of this if you want to tap a bit into your business structure you mentioned that you have an amazing team and i noticed that they create invaluable and super nice looking yeah. slides and videos and give and you have any full-time employees or you're technically a solopreneur i have one full-time employee and everyone else is an invoice because it's lean to do it that way i have for example the guy who looks after the website and all of the behind the scenes stuff you know connecting landing pages to active campaign and zapier and all that kind of stuff he's on a retainer every month there's no point having him full time because some days he's just not needed and some months he has a lot to do and some months he doesn't and it's just it's i like how this world is moving now where it's the gig economy you know it's this ecosystem of freelancers it's incredibly efficient and it means that I don't have to worry about healthcare and sick pay and stuff like that. And I can, you know, if someone's not performing, it's a lot easier to move on to the next person. So it's me and one other person is full-time and the rest are freelance. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and definitely I'd agree. That's the future of work. Mm. And uh, before wrapping up with the challenge for our listeners, can you please tell us where people can contact you if they want to work with you? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. So it's linkedin.com slash in slash Richard James Moore, all one word, or there's therichardmore.com. It's M-O-O-R-E. And there's more information there as well. But yeah, so that's how they can find me. For those listening, I'll put uh, links in the show notes as well. So for yes. you to get uh, his access to Richard. And to wrap up this, I want you to create this time a challenge for our listeners that doesn't take longer than 24 hours to complete. And it will significantly help them with conversion. Yes. So I'm going to break the rules slightly and make it a two part challenge because they need to do both. So one is I want you to write a piece of content that shows you understand the symptoms of the problem. You have awareness of it that your audience and your potential buyers have and also shows that you understand how to navigate them out of it. Teach us something. You're our leader. You're our expert. So that piece of content needs to happen. And the second part of the challenge, because this is where conversion is, once you've posted it, go get some allies. Like within the first five minutes, go speak to some friends and that and say, I've done this post. What do you, you know, would you like to share your thoughts? What do you think? Tag some people. Say, what are your thoughts on this? I know that you might have something to add as well. Not just, hey, chuck us a comment, would you? Like make them feel good. I know my audience would really appreciate this. Get that post moving. But the crucial part is within 12 hours, look at your profile views. Look at who liked the post. Look, to who, look at who's commented, but especially look at the profile views. And anyone who's got in touch with you, I want you just to say to them, hey, I just wanted to say thanks so much for liking, commenting, or looking at my profile. Was that, And if it's the profile, you say, well, was there anything in particular that caught your eye? And if it was a like or a comment, you say, just out of interest, what was the reason why you decided to write that? Or what was the reason why you decided to like it? I'd love to know. And then if they give you an answer, you can just simply drill down a bit further. Oh, I just thought it was interesting what you do. Really? 
Why is that? Or what in particular was it you're looking for within that? Just something of an extra question, a what or a why based question. Okay. So the challenge is do the content and draw some audience, but more importantly, engage with the people who then look at you, especially those profile views. So just ask them what caught their eye and see where it goes from there. And I, uh, that's what you can do in one 24 hour period. But if you want a proper challenge, challenge yourself to do that for even just 30 days. And I, as far as I can guarantee, you will get results. You will get p- some people who are like, I just love this stuff. It's really interesting comments or really interesting threads after the post, or you always bring something inspiring, something like that. You're going to have opportunities that come out of it. It's as simple as that. You just will by sheer volume, but everyone will be happy with you speaking to them because they stepped forward first. They looked at your profile first. They commented or liked on your post first rather than you reaching out to them. And remember, you can't lose because even if it goes nowhere, then they will still see your content the next day they show up in their newsfeed. And maybe that person doesn't do anything now, but they warm themselves over the next three or four weeks on your content. Definitely. And uh, the fact that you mentioned that to do this even longer than 24 hours, just imagine 30 days, just five messages you said a day, that's 150, which is huge when opportunities are there. Thank you so much, Richard, for sharing all of this wisdom. And yeah, personally, I know that you'll apply a lot of them and hopefully our listeners will do the same. It was an absolute pleasure. I always enjoy sharing detail and geeking out over this stuff. So it's just fun to hang out. Thank you so much, Dave. My pleasure. Thank you so much for coming, Richard. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to check the show notes where you'll find direct links to the tools and resources mentioned in this episode and much more. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe to your favorite podcast station to not miss when we drop the next one. We have lots of exciting guests and surprises for you coming up. This is your host, Gabe Marushka with the Nomad Solopreneur Show. Until next week, Pura Vida! Pura Vida!